Welcome to All Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Rod Babers. Rod's in Houston, uh, getting ready to celebrate uh, some uh, Christmas time with his uh, family. Uh, but we want to come to you on this Sunday morning with some news and updates since uh, so much has happened uh, since uh, Friday afternoon, since Rod and I last spoke on some things. Uh, fr Friday evening, Rod, Texas picked up a commitment from Aaron Butler. Uh, that was one of the things that happened. Uh, he became the 23rd pledge of the Longhorns class. Uh, literally a uh, wide receiver that came out of nowhere. Uh, just a week and a half ago, Chris Jackson made an in-home visit. Uh, did not, I was not even aware Texas was looking at him or recruiting him. Uh, then the, someone reported that it was going on. Uh, we checked into it, found out it was legitimate and that the Longhorns had interest. And Steve Sarkeesian from then on was laser focused on young man out of Calabasas, California, six foot, 170 pounds, uh, 20 plus yards per catch. What do you think of this late movement uh, by Sark to add a receiver to this class? Yeah, maybe that's what Sark was talking about, right? When he had his media availability and he uh, just told us, you know, without any questions that, hey, they're not done at the wide receiver position and they certainly weren't. I mean, I watched him and, you know, he's explosive. Kind of reminds me of the Xavier Worthy starter kit. Uh, and, I, and I'm not, this is no disrespect to the young man. It's kind of a low budget Xavier Worthy for right now. And that is no disrespect at all because, hell, low budget Xavier Worthy still looks like a guy that could do some damage. But he's, it, what I mean by that is he fits all of the, the kind of physical measurables in the evaluation uh, that Xavier Worthy does. He's a speed den. He's slight in his build. Uh, you know, small is, so we would call him skinny because he's about 6'1, 175, uh, but he can burn and he's not afraid of contact. Same thing about Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy, even though he's little, little guys usually are afraid of contact. Not this guy. They put him at running back, and he runs. I'm talking about interior runs. <laughs> uh, they'll put him at running back. He plays DB. He'll actually come out and hit somebody playing defensive back. And he has really good contact balance uh, for a wide receiver. So, uh, yeah, actually, I think it fits the criteria of a Sark wide receiver. If you win, Sark has a type, right? Devontae Smith is one of his favorite wide receivers. X-Men is probably one of his favorite wide receivers. If you, if you asked him to rank his top five best wide receivers all time, those two guys might make it into the top five. I think Sark has a type at wide receiver. They don't all fit that prototype, but I do think this guy checks all the boxes of a Sark type receiver. Hey, you looked at all of my exes in my in my uh, career of dating back in the past. Don't tell my wife I'm talking about this, but if you did, you'd probably notice a trend, and I like a certain type of woman, all right? Well, Sark likes a certain type of receiver, and I think we're starting to see that. <laughs> hey, here's some stats for you guys. Uh, 28 catches this season only, in only four games as a senior for 586 yards. That's 20.9 yards per catch, yeah. five TDs. A year ago, 38 catches, 830 yards, 13 touchdowns, 21.8 yards per catch. To your point, a, uh, a speed demon slash big play guy uh, also looked at Colorado, was committed to Colorado and USC at various oh. junctures. USC really tried to pinpoint him as a cornerback. Uh, he wants to play offense. Then he committed oh. to Colorado, also visited Bama, Rod. So this isn't some regional recruit, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. He's number 16 ranked player in the, in the state of California overall, number 179 overall uh, in the on three consensus. I just can't believe that he is a – he's coming in without ever having taken an official visit. Uh, I think it speaks, and, and his dad spoke to this publicly uh, to Greg Biggins at 24-7 the other day, said, look, Sark knows offense. I know of that because I've seen it, right? Mm -hmm. And he's really, I mean, his dad's a former NFL player. He's looking, not not unlike Sark, his, the, the family is looking for a specific fit, 
and they say, hey, you fit there. Yeah, I think that that speaks a little bit to it as well. All right. I want to add this, Rod. Um, midterm enrollee. He is now he's also a midterm enrollee. So that makes him eight. That makes him 18. Number 18, the 18th midterm enrollee of 23 signees. Wow. So 18 of 23. That's 70 something percent of all <laughs> signees for Texas that, that the high school ranks are going to be on campus in January. That is unheard of. They had 15 a year ago, but 18 is just absolutely insane. And again, I, I think it goes to uh, a little bit of that roster construction we talk about, like mm -hmm. you're trying to get angles and improvements in every way possible if you're a coach. Yeah. Well, you get six more months with the guy. Wow. Yeah, and right. Probably. Because you think about it, they only have most most players only have three spring trainings if you graduated yeah. as a senior. This way, they get four spring trainings going into their senior year. That's this a great way. point, Bob. Is, is this part of the pitch when you recruit a kid? Do they? Do they? Do the, are the coaches encouraging this? Or are we talking about recruiting high achievers who want this anyway? Like, who, who is? Is it the player or the coach who is it actually? Generally, yeah, this is a great question. It generally comes from the the player early. Okay. But you know what? With the uh, the number of night classes you can take and online classes, the prolifer proliferation of that. Yeah. Um, and what have the uh, after COVID, if you remember COVID, a lot of players, a lot of people started having to take online classes. So school districts yeah. started offering those. Now that allows these guys to take more classes. So it it gives more uh, opportunity there. The But to your point about who starts it, both of them. OK, both of them. I mean, it can be one way or the other. Some guy can come to you and say, hey, I'm already going to be a midterm grad because I've already thought about it. Another guy said, oh, well, I've. You know, whatever. And you say, hey, do you mind coming in at midterm? The coach will go yeah. there. That, that's a great question. It, it happens both ways, Rod. Yeah. All right. Uh, long story short, though, uh, Aaron Butler, uh, one of those guys, one of 18 uh, for the Longhorns. All right. Next news that came out this weekend, about 1 o'clock on, uh, on Saturday. I was given word on Saturday morning that Trey Moore would be announcing his decision mm -hmm. uh, in the early afternoon. He did so at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, the, the thought there Rod, in, in our opinion, uh, it was Texas and Bama. I talked with uh, people close to Trey all the way through that. Uh, Bama gave him something to think about. There's no doubt. Uh, but uh, Trey Moore officially committing to Texas on Saturday. Uh, what, is, what does Texas get out of the edge rusher, in your opinion, Rod, this young man, Trey Moore? Uh, you guys, you know, I've talked about it, right? You, there's certain things that you cannot coach or develop. Uh, you just have to recruit those things, right? They, they become innate, almost programmed early in players. I think pass rush ability is one of those. Trey Moore is a natural pass rusher. I mean, he's got in the last two years, he's got 22 sacks in the last two years, 35 and a half tackles for loss combined in the last two years. He is a havoc-minded disruptor. All right. And that's what I love about his game. He's a havoc minded guy. He makes splash plays. A lot of guys, they create plays, but don't necessarily make the plays. This is a guy that can create the play and also end up making the play for you. Uh, natural pass rushing moves, got a repertoire of moves. I actually like him um, as when they use a lot of loops and twists and stunts with him. He's great. He's really patient um, when they use him in loops and twists. He does a really good job uh, of being able to sell that. Uh, and I've seen him several times. A lot of his sacks have come off loops and twists and stunts. He's instinctual. Uh, so when you, you can watch him at times, he'll he'll rush the passer. You can see him start out rushing the passer, and then he'll notice a key, whether it be a screen or whether he'll notice the, the quarterback's quick game, three-step read, and he'll immediately stop his pass rush, either get his hands up or look around. 
all right, for the offensive player that's running the screen. And I've seen him do that multiple times. Shows you he's an instinctual pass runner. He's not just, you know, he's not just see ball, run the ball, hit ball. This is the guy that's thinking and processing, right, as he is trying to get to the quarterback. I love that about his game. Probably one of my favorite parts of his game. Um, and like I said, he's also got great BGO. You'll be a great pass rusher. If you don't have natural BGO, which is ball, get off, you're going to have a, you're going to have a hard time. Right, trying to beat offensive linemen off the edge. He does not have that. He's got great BGO, great ball get off. So he's great at setting up offensive linemen on the edge because he can do that with the speed and then come back with another pass rushing move, a swim, up and under. He's got a nice repertoire, man. I think he's going to step on campus and be the best pass rusher Texas has. It's very interesting. Uh, you know, I look at it, uh, Rod, and, and try to think about uh, what we're talking about here uh, with uh, Aaron Butler and, and everything that Aaron Butler and Trey Moore and it's, it, I agree with you on both of them. They, they, they just seem to, again, fit what yep. Texas is trying to do. They've just done a nice job of, hey, we need this. We need this. And then they go out and attack it and find that person and roll it up. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, I'm amazed at it because I've watched Texas for 30 plus years now, right? And you have too. You know, you watched, and and it seems like we, we talk about this. It's not just a collection of talent. No, it feels like they're building a team, right? I mean, that's what the best GMs do. That's what the best head coaches do. They build teams, not a collection of talent. Yeah, because it seems like you know there are some schools, even Texas, like at times they just go down a list, right? This is the top DN. This is the top linebacker. This is the second or third best DN or linebacker. We don't get the top guy. Go to the second guy. Go to the third guy. I mean, this is not how Texas is operating right now, right? Look at the Ty Anthony Smith commitment. One linebacker offer, you're the one guy we want. You just talked about the wide receiver here, right? And and how Texas, you know, nobody really knew that Texas was on this guy. And yet, obviously, Texas was, you know, very, very adamant. And they were enthusiastic about this recruitment um, because this is a guy that Zay zeroed in on. And they thought he fits what we want to do. He's a, our kind of guy, OKG. Um, so it does seem like the coaches – are and Sarkman said it. We don't look at stars. Are uh, they looking at specific players, skill sets, but also personality that fit their team and fit their culture? Uh, it it is seem like something. Even Mac, I'm not sure was was doing it. To, was zero in on specific zero in on specific prospects to this extent. I think Sark. I think uh, Mac was paying more attention to the rankings. But wait, nothing wrong with that. Max.com, a ton of talent and has some great teams. But it does seem like Sark is being very deliberate and judicious in, in the way that they are evaluating these players and who they're evaluating. I'll tell you one thing you mentioned earlier that I I talked about last year. You talked about toughness and contact. Mm-hmm. They don't. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That I have not seen them take a guy that shies from contact in two, in two plus years. So yep. keep that. that and, and I have seen teams do that before. Even they'll go get a speed guy that shies from contact. I haven't seen Texas get a speed guy yet that, that shies from contact, this group. So, all right. I, I mentioned earlier, by the way, that 18 of the 23 high schoolers would be midtermers. That makes it with the three um, transfer portal guys, not only Trey Moore, but also yep. Matthew Golden 
the uh, wide receiver out of uh, the University of Houston, Trey Moore, uh, the edge uh, out of uh, uh, UTSA, uh, and then also Andrew Makuba, the nickelback out of Clemson. Texas actually will have 21 <laughs> midtermers. So 21 of 26, the five high schoolers, for people that like to keep track of this, the five high schoolers that will not be out there uh, this weekend are will not be out there. Nate Kibble, Santana Wilson, Melvin Hills, Freddie DeBose, Michael Kern. That's offensive lineman Nate Kibble, defensive back Santana Wilson, defensive lineman Melvin Hills, wide receiver Freddie DeBose, and punter Michael Kern. All right, let's go to team news a little bit. We got some uh, coming out. A uh, couple of things first. Let's let's talk about Malik Murphy. Yeah, um, I think that's this is a, to me. This feels good to talk about it at this point in time uh, because on uh, Friday, I believe he found a home. Uh, Malik Murphy is uh, the former Texas quarterback is transferring to Duke. A great school, great opportunity for him. He's going to go play for Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz, uh, former Texas defense quarterback, now the head coach at Duke. Uh, what do you think about this move from Malik and? Is this this is this a situation because the Duke quarterback just transferred to Notre Dame? Yes. This open yeah. this is an open opportunity for Malik to go and take a job. You you agree with this move for him? Uh, there's no doubt. I totally agree with it. I, I'm I'm just really interested in the offense that he's playing in more so than anything because I knew he would do the research because he fit that Sark offense so well, right? Uh, RPOs. Sark wants to throw throw the ball vertically down the field. He's got a big, strong arm, strongest arm in that quarterback room, uh, including Quinns and Arches. So I think for him, I was really interested to see what system that he thought he would work best in and or he was most compatible with. Interesting, he's choosing. I think Jonathan Brewer. If I'm not mistaken, it's the new offensive coordinator there. He's from SMU. I believe he's a Rhett Lashley. He's a Rhett Lashley guy. This makes sense because remember when Manny Diaz got the Miami job, Rhett Lashley was his OC. So he likes that offense combined with his whatever his defensive scheme is. And Rhett Lashley, if I'm not mistaken, is from the Gus Malzahn tree. He actually actually was with Gus Malzahn at Springdale High School in Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, by the way, random factoid. Did you know Eli Drinkwitz also was the OC at that school after Malzahn left? You know what? Uh, Dude. The Missouri head coach? Yeah, he was the OC at uh, Springdale High School in Arkansas. So they went from Malzahn and had Lashley on the same staff. They went 14 and 0. And then, like, the next year, they had Eli Drinkowitz there, man. <laughs> They're doing something big. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but see, that, that, that Gus Malzahn offense, him and Red Lashley, it's pretty much the same offense, except Red Lashley uh, de emphasized the quarterback run game. He's not as uh, exuberant about the quarterback run game as Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn, it's a staple. With Red Lashley, yeah, he can take it or leave it. He can take a, a quarterback with functional ability. A shame, think of Shane Bouchelle, right? Shane Bouchelle was in that Red Lashley offense, and you see the way he operated. So it's interesting that Malik Murphy's going to choose that offense. Vertical passes down the field. Uh, they love mesh concepts. They love, they got some a lot of air raid concepts thrown in there, too. Uh, but I think they're going to use that big arm of Malik to stretch the field vertically. So that's what I like about it. Basically, it's a Gus Malzahn offense with a de-emphasized quarterback run game. Think about that. It's basically what uh, it is. That, that, that sounds like it fits, Malik, because anything that, fo- that can focus his a lot of his work on the deep ball and then the underneath stuff. Yep. Let him pick and pick and poke underneath, but let him throw deep because that's really where he shines. And I think it's a, it's a great, uh, great fit, hopefully for him, because I, I personally, like I, I know a lot of people, Texas now has nine guys in the portal. I know yeah. a lot of people are like, Oh, this let him go. I don't think Texas fans in general feel that way. I think they're mostly appreciative of what people have done uh, for the university of Texas and Malik Murphy, certainly this season, deserves a hat tip. I mean, seriously, Malik, 
uh, what you did for Texas. Uh, very, very, very special. You're not right. here without him. You're not here without him. Yep. All right. I want to say thanks to one of our sponsors, too, by the way. Uh, that is uh, the Cross Oak Group. Uh, Texas football, on Texas football, brought to you by the Cross Oak Group. Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways to impact nearly every aspect of your business. With decades of experience ranging from the State House to the White House, Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to www.crossoakgroup.com. We appreciate you and your sponsorship in the 2023 football season. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Rod, other team notes we have. Uh, C.J. Vogel telling us earlier or late last week uh, that Jade Barron, uh, the star for Texas that's played that nickel position also worked out some this past week at safety. Uh, is that just precautionary? Is that just getting extra reps? Cause Derek Williams is going to be out for the first half. What, what are your thoughts there? Uh, well, first of all, I, I remember saying multiple times, I think today Baron can play safety for Texas. If yep. they need situation to put him there, if those safeties were being exposed in coverage, uh, but they, they moved him around. Remember they moved him to corner when they need him at corner, uh, specifically in 40 personnel, when they take the nickel out at one point in the season, they would take it today Barrett off the field for 40 personnel, which was just uh, unforgivable, uh, but they, they smartened up and they started using that corner in 40 personnel. I think this is based on a, a potential adjustment for Washington. If Washington comes out, and if I'm, if I'm Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix, I'm going out to Texas safeties because their best coverage safety, the freshman Derrick Williams, won't be available in the first half. So I think Texas is anticipating a possible adjustment early on in that game. If their safeties are being attacked and exposed by that Washington passing game, hey, let's move today Barrett back to safety. All right. And maybe we can move one of these young bucks to, uh, you know, Jalen Gilbo or uh, 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 Austin, Austin Jordan. Gordon. Yep. Move him to nickel, and then you know you're short up that corner, and then that way you can you can help out schematically help out the other safety. Lead Jaday Barron just basically playing man to man coverage as a safety, which he can handle. Uh, it's going to increase his draft stock, by the way. So NFL scouts found out his guys played every position in secondary. Trust me, his draft stock is going to go through the roof. You're going to get a lot of meetings with NFL teams wanting to, to see exactly how much football IQ and how much football acumen Jaday Barron has, and they're going to be pleasantly surprised. But I think that's what it's about, Bobby. I think. They want, and I love. It. I think it's a great move that, in case Washington, and I think it's inevitable that Washington go attack them Texas safeties early on. This will be the adjustment to put Jade Barron back at safety, and that way they can only attack you in uh, in certain ways. You can isolate the exposure. All right, a uh, couple other notes, uh, team notes before we get going here. Uh, Rod, uh, this is myself, Rod Babers here on on Texas football. Three other notes: Casey Kane, Sawyer Gorham Welch, and Larry Tur Turner Gooden. Uh, Sark mentioned this in the press conference. C.J. Vogel had told us early in the week they continue to work with the team, uh, although uh, Casey Kane has already committed to UNLV and Larry Turner Gooden has committed uh, to San Jose State. Uh, B.J. Allen and uh, Xavion Bryce, by the way, two other transfers who are not participating in the team, have committed to North Texas. So that's kind of a, a portal update on the outgoing. Add in Malik Murphy there to that group. All right. I uh, want to say one last thing here. The team left to, left to go home on Friday afternoon uh, to go spend time with their, their families at home. They returned to Austin on Monday night to get ready to go, uh, get ready wow. for uh, practice on Christmas, uh, night? Uh, Christmas night. They're coming back. <laughs> then they right. get ready to go on the 26th. They're going to practice. Then they travel 
The 27th is a travel day for them to New Orleans. Uh, and then uh, on a week from Monday, uh, the Longhorns kick it off against uh, the Washington Huskies in New Orleans at the Sh Sugar Bowl uh, in the Superdome. All right, Rod, that's going to do it for the update here today. Uh, I wish you and yours nothing but the merriest of Christmases, my man. Uh, to the folks out there, I think the same thing. We've got another special guest coming up a little bit later today that's going to say a couple kind words as well, I hope. Uh, but, Rod, uh, you take a you have a good one, man, and uh, it's been a blessed 2023. I appreciate you, buddy. Amen, brother. Merry Christmas to you and All yours. Right, Merry Christmas to you and yours, man. You're welcome.